Good morning and welcome to Morning Meditations, a five to ten minute meditation to get you thinking about what God might have for you in this new day. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Cook, so we hope you'll enjoy your meditation for this morning. Hey, this is Pastor Nate, and this is your morning meditation for Thursday, November 7th, 2019. Today we're going to be reading out of Acts chapter 22, verses 22 through chapter 23, verse 11. This is Paul when he comes back to Jerusalem, and uh, he will be upsetting the crowd, you'll hear. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him, he's not fit to live. As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the commander ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen? who hasn't even been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do, he asked. This man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship. But I was born a citizen, Paul replied. Those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. The commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews, so the next day he released him and ordered the chief priests and all the members of the Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he brought Paul and had him stand before them. Paul looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. At the high priest and I, at this the high priest and I, Ananias ordered those standing near Paul to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck. Those who were standing near Paul said, How dare you insult God's high priest? Paul replied, Brothers, I did not realize that he was the high priest, for it is written, Do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. Then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and others Pharisees, called out in the Sanhedrin, My brothers, I am a Pharisee, descended from Pharisees. I stand on trial because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. When he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. The Sadducees say there is no resurrection, and that there are neither angels nor spirits. But the Pharisees believe in all these things. There was a great uproar. And some of the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, stood up and argued vigorously. We find nothing wrong with this man, they said. What if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? The dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid that Paul would be torn to pieces by them. He ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him back into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Wow, there's a lot in that passage, but it's really a reminder to us 
that following Jesus will put us at odds with various groups of people. The passage from Acts finds Paul back in Jerusalem. These religious leaders, they've come against Paul because they believe that he is speaking against the temple and that he's not requiring people to adhere to Jewish customs. This was a huge issue in the early church. When Gentiles were being converted, the question that immediately arose was to whether those Gentiles should be forced to be circumcised and follow Jewish customs. Peter was given a revelation from God to preach to the Gentiles, and originally Peter didn't believe that these Gentiles should have to follow Jewish customs. But later we see that Peter seems to have fallen back into the idea that Gentiles should become good Jews. In Acts 15, you can read about this whole council at Jerusalem that met to decide once and for all if the Gentiles needed to follow Jewish customs, and the answer was an emphatic no. It is through Christ and by receiving the Holy Spirit that the Gentiles had become followers of Christ, just like the Jews. So all the Gentiles needed was Christ and the baptism of the Spirit, not circumcision or following dietary laws or the other laws of the Jews. But even when the church moves forward, like it had in the discussion in Acts 15, there will be people who see the new movement of God as a threat to their old way of life. So here Paul is again in Jerusalem being persecuted for preaching against the temple, is what they said, by continuing to state that the new believers did not need to adhere to the old religious system. They were children of Abraham, like we've been talking about, by their faith and not by some outward rituals. Paul is also in trouble with Rome because they're afraid that he's stirring up some kind of insurrection. His only saving grace seems to be the fact that he was born a Roman citizen. So what do we take from this story? I think, first of all, that sometimes following Jesus puts us at odds with all kinds of people. One of the things I've noticed about myself is that I'm often seen by my conservative friends as too liberal and by my liberal friends as too conservative. Personally, I'm okay with that. The important thing for all of us is that we're willing to go where the Spirit is leading, regardless of how people talk about us or even how people may threaten us or come against us. For those who had grown up with the understanding that the way to follow God was through the outward expression of circumcision and following dietary restriction and the laws in the Old Testament, it was very difficult for them to understand how God could be doing a new thing. It seemed to go against even their whole system of belief. But the new thing God was doing was a fulfillment of the old. Instead of the law being written on tablets, this law was written on their hearts. In the words of the Old Testament prophet Joel, God was bringing an inner transformation that was what the entire Old Testament was pointing towards anyway. It just didn't look like what the early church had expected. The truth is that the new thing God is doing will often upset the apple cart of our lives and not look anything like what we expect. What are some ways that you see God moving in the church that defy your expectations? How might you have to be willing to embrace something new that God is doing, even if it costs you friends and or reputation? Maybe we could all pause for a moment and ask God to give us eyes to see what he is up to in our world. And we might ask God to help rid ourselves of the sacred cows that are keeping us from living in ways that fall in line with what God is doing in our world. We noticed that the last verse of this passage says, okay, Paul, now that you have 
uh, testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. The good news for Paul wasn't that he was going to get out of this situation where people were coming against him, but the good news was that as he went through the situation, Christ would be with him. Hey, that's just a thought for this morning, and I hope you have a great day. Well, thanks again for joining us for this morning meditation. Hey, do us a favor. Rate us on iTunes or even leave some feedback about our podcast so that other listeners can know how much you enjoy your morning meditations. Hey, have a great day.